everybody. Happy New Year. We're so glad you're here spending 2023 with this. If this is Saturday night, just pretend like it's New Year, okay? We'll count down. There'll be lots of countdowns, okay? So let's just say Happy New Year now. It's great. We had a fantastic time last week at our Christmas Eve services, and uh, I got to enjoy uh, one of our Christmas morning services with my dad. We went to 11 o'clock because that was about as early as we could get here that day. Uh, really great week. Hopefully, you all had a great Christmas week and uh, spending time with your family and your loved ones. And uh, man, it, it's a new year. And what better way to start this new year with announcements of what's going on here at church. This Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., one more youth is meeting again. Uh, that's for sixth graders through 12th graders. We have a great time. We eat pizza. We play some games. Uh, we play some music. We, we have a message. It's really a great night for middle schoolers and high schoolers. So uh, if you know one or you are one, please come to that. Also, January 18th at 6.30, uh, we're bringing back Vineyard Night Watch. That's a night of ministry and prayer and some very light acoustic worship. It's a great night to get ministered to if you need that. So that's January 18th at 6.30 p.m. We often recommend that you guys download the app. Uh, we've put in a new Bible reading plan that we've made. It's in the app now, so you can read that. January 1st is a great time to start one of those. There's some more events coming up later in the month, but really, uh, we'll talk about that next year. <laughs> but with all that being said, let's get ready for church. everybody online, welcome. Uh, glad to have you with us. We're going to have a, a great time of worship with you here in a moment. And then we're starting a brand new series. Did I say Happy New Year? Anyway, a brand new series called The Questions Jesus Asked. We're going to do an introduction to that today. Get us ready for the new year. So get your Bibles, get a coffee, get comfortable, because here we go. Woo! <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. It's great to see all your faces. It's okay if you're still enjoying your coffee. I won't make you be excited first thing. Although that was a good woo for, you know, early morning, I will say. <laughs> we're looking forward to spending time with you guys and worship in the word this morning. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know. We start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Steve will invite any kids who'd like to join him up front to do the Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We're beginning our new series. And um, it's really good, guys. I'm, I'm hoping you'll get a lot out of it. But before we get into any of it at all, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we are so thankful that you are the God who wishes to dwell among us. Help us to settle into your peace this morning. Papa, we ask that you help us to set aside all the stuff that we walked in with and turn our hearts towards you because we're here to celebrate you, to listen, to speak your great works and the way you love us and to draw closer to you, Papa. We love you so much. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, who gave us your only begotten son to take our nature upon him and to be born of a pure virgin. Grant that we who are born again and made your children by adoption and grace may daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. 
The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that is coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And I'd just like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices. Let's start 2023 with a shout of praise. Amen. We're going to see the words show up on the screen, so it'll be really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. The battle belongs to him.
for this time of worship in your presence, God. You're good to us, Lord. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us? Lord God, use those words to stir up our hearts to you. We long to know you more and more and more, Father. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children, God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And hey, Dad, why don't you come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Don't run me over. I'm fragile. I don't bounce back like I used to. Hello. So both Pastor Georgina and Pastor Alice are a little under the weather, so you're down to the third stringer here. Okay, don't get up. Don't, don't be under the weather. You're uh, the last one. I know. I'm the, that's that's good. good plan. I like that. Yeah, good. We'll keep that. Well, good to have you guys. So glad you're here. Happy New Year. Yeah. Good. 2023. That's it, man. That's what I'm talking about. So you're going to be learning uh, uh, from the Old Testament in, uh, in Sunday school about Ezra. and uh, Well, it's in the book of Ezra, but it's really all about the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem and how King Cyrus of Persia gets involved, and uh, it's very cool. And whenever there's temple stuff going on, you need to pay attention because you, you'll learn this later and more as you go on, but the, the temple is that picture of a heaven and earth connection. And, uh, and so now we're the, two, you, you, we're the temple now because Holy Spirit dwells in us. So cool. But anyway, ha- stuff happened in the Old Testament you need to learn about. And that's what you're going to do. And it's out of the book of Ezra. And it says this, chapter 1, verse 2. Uh, this is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of the heavens, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. So that's how the story starts, and it's going to be very cool. Do you guys want to help me do that verse with everybody? Sure. Oh, good. I appreciate that. All right, let's go. All right. Ezra 1-2. Ezra 1-2. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of the heavens, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and has appointed me, has appointed me to, build to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. That was a very good job. Thank you. It's like we rehearsed it or something. I'm very impressed. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then I'm going to pray for them and we'll send them off to Children's Church. So Lord, thank you for the children today. Thank you for all that they teach us about you and about love and about faith. And I pray, God, that each one would know you as their forever friend, as one who always hears and who always answers and who's always with them. Lord, I pray your blessing on them and their families now in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And amen. Good job, you. Yes. Got a big amen from over there. Go have fun, everybody, in Children's Church. And uh, listen to your teachers and learn well. I got to walk up here. Twenty years ago, I would have just jumped up. If I jumped up now, I'd splatter here. (laughs) And then try and act like it didn't hurt. (laughs) I'm good. I planned that. So welcome to the Vineyard. Happy New Year, everybody. Glad you're here today. Welcome those of you joining us online. Hope you're doing well wherever you're at. And we're glad to have you. This morning, we did the survey last service, so I thought I would do it again. Um, how many of you actually made it up till midnight? Let's see if there's more of you in this crowd. Yeah, a lot more of you. In that first crowd at eight, none of us. There's like three people. I didn't make it, but it's all good. I'm here anyway. Well, I'm glad you made it this morning. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that uh, code, uh, QR code that popped up there is for you. If you point your smart device at it with a camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card name, phone number, email address. We'd love you to do that. And then we will send you texts and emails for four or five weeks. And also, um, Guest Services has a first-time gift. If you're a first-time guest, go back and pick up your gift before you go. So that would be great. Also, when we gather corporately, we always pray for our neighbors. And that's to reinforce what we ask you to do every day. You should be praying for those people that live around you. It's like the the first line ministry that we have. It is so powerful and impactful, and I never want you to give up. You need to, you're in that, where you're at on purpose, and be praying for all those people. So think about a couple of them right now, and let's just go to the Lord. Papa, we, we lift our neighbors up to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. That you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. So, new year, new series. And uh, if you don't know that, if you point your smart device at that code, you'll get the fill-in notes, which you might want. They're very, uh, I think they're very good, and you can write in whatever I, you know, that you think you need to add. There's a place to put notes and the answers, and then you send them off in an email to yourself. But before we do that, let me just check on my message and make a few phone calls. No. <laughs> I wanted to say there's a couple of things on the app. Um, and please, if you haven't done it, download the app. We, we use it for a lot of things, and it's just part of life now. We're not going to outgrow the app. So, uh, oh, they're going to... It's just a fad. Yeah, no. Um, on the app... There is, uh, and we mentioned this in the announcements, we've added a Bible reading plan. It's a great place to start January 1st with a Bible reading plan. And it's the McShane reading plan, which has been around since the 1800s. It's very good. I've used it for years. I like it. And so we added it for you. Here's the thing about a reading plan and a Bible reading plan that I want to encourage you. Make a decision that you're just going to find a Bible reading plan and you're going to do it the rest of your life. I'll tell you why. Um... As you begin a Bible reading, what happens with most people is they start well, day, two days, three days, and then something happens in life. They miss a day, two days or three days. And then they, it feels so overwhelming they can't get caught up, so they just stop. But if you make a decision that you're just going to do this for the rest of your life, guess what happens if you miss a day? Eh, I'll get it next year. It's coming around again. And it, <laughs> it, takes, it takes all the pressure off. And you'll go back to it. So every day, whatever day it is, just read what that day is. And, and then stick with it, and you will get through the Bible. And you should be doing that anyway. This is a nice plan because it adds a lot of different pieces of Scripture in there. And uh, I think it's real good. But even the guy who did this in the 1800s says, Look, if it ever feels overwhelming, just take what you can and enjoy that. So we added that. We're also doing something else that I wanted to take a moment with. You can find it on the app as well. And so I have been thinking about this for quite a while. And, and uh, this situation, if you would, that we have. And, you know, culturally, things have changed and shifted. 
Um, COVID was a big part of that, but it was maybe coming in this direction anyway. But life is different than it used to be. And the way that we interact is different than we used to be. And there's a lot of things changing. And, and I think we have to be aware of that and figure out how to embrace it in a way that's helpful and makes a difference. And um, we have had, you know, an online component here for years, uh, way before COVID. We've been doing it because we had people that would come in the winter and want to stay connected, and so we, we've worked on that. Well, that component has grown over time. There's a lot of people who watch us all the time from all over the country and all over the world, and they're, they're you know, with us even when they're not here in some sense. And so what I wanted to do is figure out how can we take us, those that are able to gather pretty regularly, and there's people even that live around here that can't come all the time. Life got busy. How can we feel a little more connected? So to that end, um, what I'm going to try while we do this series, and if it works, we'll keep doing it, is a new virtual group, and it's called the Vineyard Postscript Group. Uh, Postscript is is P.S. at the end of a letter, right? If you want to add something, you put a P.S. and you just add something to the letter. Well, what this group will do is take the message for the week, and then during the week... Virtually, we can connect and go deeper. Uh, you can comment on it. You can ask questions on it. I have it laid out so that there's um, a lot of exercises for people that really like a lot to do. Or if you don't like a lot to do, you can do the minimal amount, which would be basically watch the message and maybe comment or ask a question or two. And that somehow in this connection, uh, it's going to help. And um, because schedules are what they are, and it's crazy things everywhere, and, and because people watch from different places, there won't be a set time when you have to go to it. You can go as often as you want during the week. If you've got a few moments, like I'm an early morning person, my plan um, would be go early in the morning, see what's going on, see if anybody's asked anything, if anything needs to be said. I'll add some little videos to it during the week, and we'll then get you ready for the following week. So... Um, If you go on the app and push a button, there's a couple of videos you can watch, see if you're interested. If you're interested, you have to register so that I can keep everybody up to date. But it's up to you. No pressure, just trying something new. And uh, as of yesterday, there was already seven states and three countries uh, in the group. So it's going to be fun because some of that's very interesting. So anyway, just know that that's happening and I wanted to mention that for today. And... uh, I'm going to continue this year with bad jokes. So I um, don't think maybe some of you were hoping that it got the chopping block, but no. Uh, my wife, she's not feeling well. She can't be here today. Alice, she told me that we have some uh, candy canes left over from Christmas Eve. Uh, apparently, they're in mint condition. I should probably stop with that one. How did Darth Vader know what Luke got him for Christmas? He could feel his presence. That's yeah, stupid, I know. This one's worse, but this is my favorite. My sensitive toothpaste gets really jealous when I use other toothpaste. <laughs> so bad. Thus, why they're called bad jokes. But right here, we put the reading of the word on purpose. And uh, I'm going to read to you today out of Matthew chapter 6. And so if you are able, would you please stand for the reading of the word? Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Blessed be the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So, the uh, title of this series is The Questions Jesus Asked. And you may not realize this, or maybe you did, because I think I might have mentioned it last week. But Jesus asks a lot of questions. Um, Over 300 questions in the four Gospels are things that Jesus asked. And uh, it's important that we begin to look for those things uh, and, and to look for the questions. And one of the things that I want to encourage you to do in this series, so I'm going to ask, now's the first of the year, good time to ask for things. Um, Here's what I want you to do. Over this series, we're going to be looking at the four Gospels. And uh, I want you to read, if you would, four chapters a week. 
four chapters a week. Uh, one or two weeks, you might have to do five, because there's 89 chapters in the four Gospels total. And that's where we're going to hang out in this series, which is going to run 20-ish weeks. And um, as you read, just four chapters a week, not a day, just a week. As you read, I want you to look for questions that Jesus asked. And when you come across one of the questions, I want you to highlight it in your Bible. If you're on a tablet, figure out a way to do it. If you use a pencil, use a highlighter, whatever. And, and purposely train yourself to look for questions that Jesus asks. Because we have a tendency to just read Scripture and never stop and look at what's going on. And this is really, really important. So let's look at our Scripture reading again, this time looking for questions. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? And that's a question. Now you might say this whole thing is one question, but I think it's two because you should think about that. Is not life more than food? And I look at that and think most times, but like if there's a big steak cooking, I'm not sure. <laughs> i got to process a little bit. Or uh, the body more than clothes. And for me, that's a no-brainer because... Uh, clothes, you know, give me a pair of shorts and a shirt and some Crocs, I'm good. Um, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Well, that's a pretty deep question, right? Popping in there. And then another one. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Whew. It's a pretty heavy question too, right? And as I said, if we're not careful, we just will just breeze right past the questions, but they're there on purpose. And and what is the purpose? Why does Jesus ask so many questions? Well, during this time in history, uh, in Jesus' time, the rabbis were famous in their teaching styles for asking questions. It was a big part of what they do, which reminds me of a joke about this young student who says to his rabbi, he says, Rabbi, why do you always ask so many questions when you're teaching? And the rabbi looks at the student and says, why shouldn't a rabbi ask so many questions when he's teaching? Okay, that hasn't worked, but I like it. I don't know why. So Jesus asks a lot of questions. These are, in a way, are very similar to another one of his favorite teaching methods, which is parables, which we've talked about in the past. And Jesus taught in parables. And we've looked at this. You know, parables are stories that on the surface may not make sense. You kind of have to really dig into them to figure out what's going on. Uh, and, you know, the, the disciples would even say to him, why are you doing it in parables? Can't you just tell us what's happening? And that's not how it's designed. Jesus taught in parables, and Jesus asked questions so that the listener will do some of the work, if you would, in coming up with the meaning of what's happening. And this is the life of a believer. It's not that there's just a bunch of facts and rules printed out for you to follow. It's this invitation to join in relationship with the living God and to continue to be drawn into that relationship as Holy Spirit leads and guides and as you spend time in the Word and you realize how amazing it is and you're drawn into this relationship with Him and these questions are sort of points where you you can be drawn in and that's what He's encouraging us to do. And, And so looking for the questions will make a big difference in how you are reading the Scripture and what it does to you as you go. Uh, And so we need to be doing that. Also, you need to know that he asked different kinds of questions. Not all the questions are exactly the same. For instance, he asked rhetorical questions sometimes. And a rhetorical question is something that is not looking for an answer. The question itself is making a point. I I gave you one of the classics in Matthew 6, 27, but there's a lot of questions. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It's not a question that needs to be answered. He's making a point with that, that, that worrying doesn't work. It's not helpful. I, you know, another translation of that question, which is fascinating if you hang out with questions, it could actually be, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single cubit to his height? And you look at, well, no. Well, it's the same thing. The, 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 the question, you know, it's rhetorical. It's supposed to make you realize how pointless worrying is. But what a powerful question it is. It's a life changer. How, that, that's such an amazing question. Who of you can worry by an hour? And have you ever noticed how much time you can spend worrying and that it doesn't help? And that there's an answer. There's something way better than worrying that should be your go-to that most people don't go to. And the, the, what you should go to instead of worrying, which some of you are experts at, prayer. 
Prayer makes a difference. Worrying doesn't change anything. So there's things in there that are really important. So that's a, that's a rhetorical question. I have another joke. And it didn't, hasn't worked either, but let's see how it goes. So here you go. What do you get if you cross a joke with a rhetorical question? Okay, next. <laughs> Some questions. Ask somebody to explain it if you didn't get it. I had fun with it. Some questions are designed to have you take a moment and ponder the answer. They're like that. Luke 9. What about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Well, that's one of those questions. See, if you just keep reading, you find out what Peter says. But he, you, that's like the, the big final exam question of life. Who do you say that Jesus is? Like so much is, is riding on your answer and understanding that question, it, it worth, it's worth spending some time on. Who do you say that Jesus is? Because it makes a difference. And, and it's a powerful, powerful question, and you're supposed to ponder it and look at it, and hopefully, well, you're Jesus, my Lord and Savior. What does that mean? And, and is he really? And, and what does that do in your life? And so these are important. Some of these questions are designed that way to just have you stop, ponder. Some of them are very challenging questions. Matthew twenty six forty. he returned to his disciples. He found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. It's a challenge. I just I needed my friends to pray. He's not mad at them. And I, I think it's funny too that he directs it to Peter because Peter has just said, just before this, Peter has just said, Jesus, all these other guys might leave and run away and do all this thing. I'm, I'm your guy. You can count on me. And this is before he denies him three times. He falls asleep in the time when he needed him most. It's, a, it's not a mean thing. It's a challenge. It's, you know, it's, it's can you press in? And so you know, it's, it's sometimes the questions that you read will be a challenge to you and, and things that you're doing. Some of them might seem a little silly at first reading. Uh, like, well, that's a kind of an obvious question. I like this story in Mark 10. Uh, they, they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And so they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. You would think that the answer was obvious, right? And the blind man even said, Rabbi, I want to see. Like, obvious. But it's not. There's things to ponder. There's things to think about. What do you want me to do for you? It's is, is huge question when it's asked. It kind of ties in with my absolute favorite Jesus question, which we'll get to in the coming weeks. And this is out of John chapter 5. And if you've been here with us for any length of time, you, you know that I've spent many, many, many hours just thinking about this one question and talking about it. Because it's, it's, to me, it's so intensely powerful and revealing. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five colored colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there... And learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? What a question. I don't remember maybe the first times that I read that thinking, well, duh, he's, you know, the guy's at the place where you're supposed to get healed. It's at a pool known for healing. He's been there a long time. Does he? Of course he wants to get well. Why else would he be there? But the question is more profound. It's deeper than that. Because sometimes when we get into a certain situation for a very long time, it becomes familiar to us, even if it's bad, but it's familiar. And, and the question is, if Jesus comes in and does some really cool things in your life, are you willing to go with the changes that are about to come? Are you, do you really want to get well? This is going to change things. It's going to change your life. It's going to make a big difference. And, and I, I think it has to be pondered. And so throughout my life, I ask myself that question about different issues. Well, do I want to get well? Sometimes, honestly, the answer is, oh, it seems like a lot of work. Could I just feel a little better? <laughs> Some of you immediately relate to that. 
But that's not, that's not where life is. Life is, do you want to get well? Yes, Jesus. And then you need to pick up your mat and walk. You've got some things that you need to cooperate with. It's a huge question. And, and I, I just think it's very impactful as all his questions are. Some of his questions are very direct. I get a kick out of this one. Uh, Mark 9.33, they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they'd argued about who was the greatest. See, Jesus doesn't need the answers to the question. Jesus is omniscient. He knows everything. He's asking to make you... He knows what... He knew what they were doing. And all of a sudden, ooh, I hate it when he does that. Because they knew they shouldn't have been doing that. But there you go. And sometimes that's life for us, right? He just throw a challenging something. Ooh, yeah, that's... mm, That's a tough one. But I think that what will happen is, is that if you'll hang out in the Jesus questions... Um, it's a great way to grow deeper in your walk with Jesus. It will just help you. And if you've never done this, and I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of you haven't, I, I think it's great. And if you've done it, you can do it again. The questions will have new meaning all the time as you go. And so, so get to the questions and highlight them, and then I need you to ponder them. We're only reading four chapters a week, so you can hang out with the questions. And it takes a little while. So what does it look like? Well, let me give you a, a quick idea of hanging out with a question. Uh, in today. So we're finally getting to point one. Some of you are going, whoo, hallelujah. He's, he's done a new thing. He's going to talk forever in the new year. No. So in John 1, there comes this question that Jesus asked, and we'll get to the context in a minute. The question is, what do you want? Great question. John one thirty-five. So, uh, so the next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples, and when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples, these were disciples of John the Baptist, heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? Now, to set it in a little more context, the first chapter of John, um, what's happened in those first verses, and I I think I said this the other day somewhere, uh, is that you could spend your life just hanging out in the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. It's just so deep that it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. But John, the writer of the gospel, has introduced Jesus as the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Through him all things were made that have been made. That's Jesus. He's the light that's coming into the world to give everybody a light. You know, he's going to be dwelling. He makes his dwelling among us, tabernacles among us. It's a huge intro about Jesus being God you know, son, father, son. It's a, just this huge picture of everything that's happening and what he's going to do. And these, uh, John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples go, oh, let's behold the Lamb of God. That's pretty cool. Let's follow him. John, you've been great, but you got the Lamb of God. We're going after him. And this one, this Jesus, fully God, fully man, turns around when he sees him and says, what do you want? And I, I just think they choke on the answer. Rabbi, um, where are you staying? Do you get that it's who it is is asking the question, what do you want? And what an amazing question it is. And shouldn't he be more than that? Now, we're going to look at this question translated slightly differently next week because you can. And their comment might make a little more sense. But I just think it was a rushed answer. I think it's something you have to think about. Jesus is asking you, what do you want? And I think you stop and you pause and you go, hmm, well, that's... That's a good Jesus question, and it's something that he wants me to think about. So, what do you want? Point number two. I told you I wouldn't go long through the points. What do you want? That's, the, that's sort of where you have to stop. You get to that question. Okay, well, let's see. If he asked me that question, what, what is it I want? And, uh, you know, you start to think about it, and um, Paul maybe gives us a little insight. These are some of the things I would do when I was pondering a question. Maybe look, see what, what else I could find. Well, since then... Colossians 3, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, which you're seated as well. And, and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So well, what, what do I want? Well, I should you know, take some of that into account. And, and probably uh, when you think about that, and that's a great question, what, what do I want? We might start thinking about, well, what do I think would make my life right? 
And we, we might go through a whole list of things. Well, if you know, if you just keep waiting, if this will happen, then this is going to take place. If only this, then this. If we could only fix this, then all of this rest stuff would work out. That's kind of how we do things in a, in an earthly way, if you would. And the problem is that, that all those things never really seem to work out. They're either just out of our reach, or if we get them, they weren't what we expected. And we still sort of get, Hung there. You, you might have been actually asking yourself this question without realizing it if you've done any, you know, New Year's resolutions. And, uh, they might be things that you think would make your life right. And, you know, <laughs> resolutions are those things that last for six hours until something pops up. <laughs> I'm going on a diet tomorrow. Um, so, what do we do? Why, that's such a powerful question. So we've got to hang out with it. And, and we think, well, what, what would really happen? And I have, after pondering this question for quite some time, I, I have my answer. This might not be your answer, but I, you know, it's where I'm at right now. I think that the answer to that question, what do I want, is, is Lord, I want what you want. And you might think I'm passing the buck, but that's really where life is. God, I, I, I just want to live free from the striving and the stress and the hustle and the bustle of trying to make things work in my own strength. And God, I just want to hang out with you, yield the Holy Spirit, and have you help me do the next right thing, knowing that I can trust you and that you have a way of moving into situations. It's not a pass. I mean, I, we got to go and do the things that we have to do. I get that. But, but we, we would find a much more settledness in our souls the more that we get to this being our answer. God, I just want what you want. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I want to trust you. Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, God's mercy, right? He's, he's come, we talked about all this, you know, fully God, fully man, went to the cross, paid for our sin, died, defeated death, rose again so we can be reconciled to God. That's the mercy that's talking about. Because of that, he says, Paul says, offer your bodies, your lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So there's something very powerful there. So, you know, our, our life, this, this spiritual worship is, is about learning to yield the Holy Spirit and, and really living by trying to do the next right thing, which none of us will do perfectly, but that's what we're shooting at. And then really allowing these amazing things that Jesus has said all along that we should just get a hold of and watch them be transformative in our lives. And, and the, the key there is that this is, this is still what's got to be worked on, our minds still haven't caught up to the amazing everything else that's happened in our lives. When you came to know Jesus and all these things happened and the promises of, and hope of you know, new creation and all the neat stuff that we have, but our minds still get caught in that old nature all the time and we're still processing a lot of stuff back there and we just need to hang out with him and allow him to help us process. Like that... You know, I said it already, that verse. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your day? You would think that if we took that in and went, okay, he's saying don't worry, that, that, oh, that means that, don't worry. And, you know, I've been a, walking with him for a long time. I'd like to tell you that I never worry, but I would lie to you. I'm better at it than I ever used to be because I've asked over years, oh, Holy Spirit, when I start, if that engages at all with me, help me to remember, and you know my favorite verse, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I know that verse because I say it 20 times a day. Whenever it, I want to go there first, because worrying does nothing for me. But prayer changes everything, and I don't need to live stuck in that. Well, there's so much of the life in Jesus that's there for us, we just got to get a hold of it, so that we're not striving and pushing and, you know, going on through life and never enjoying it. And so we learn to settle in him, knowing that he's good and that he can trust us. And our minds, this, this whole series is about some transformation work. Because I, I promise you, if you'll hang out with the questions, your mind grows, it changes. Holy Spirit will help you. You'll, you'll get to those kind of questions. Well, what do you want? Okay, I, can, I think that was a pretty good answer. Lord, really what I want is I want what you want. And if you could throw in the lottery, great. <laughs> I, I don't think so, but uh, you, get, you get what I mean. All right, so 
that's where we're headed, and uh, I think it's going to be... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this series. So um, if you can, start to read. Read the first four chapters of John. We're going to go start with John. We're going to do all four Gospels, but we're going to start with John. And so read those if you can. And uh, that's really cool. Good. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall? Uh, listen, all of this starts with Jesus. And let me say right now, people in the room, people online, if you, if you don't know Jesus, that's where it starts. And, and he's, he's done everything that needed to happen for us to be reconciled to God. Our, only, our response is to say yes to him, to, to respond to the invitation and say, Jesus, I need a Savior. Will you be my Lord and my Savior? And when that comes from the heart and faith, Life changes. It's a spiritual beginning. It's new birth. It, it needs to happen. And if you've never done it, please let it be today, January 1st, 2023. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And I pray that you do it. Best decision you will ever make in your life. And thanks, church, for your amazing generosity. Love partnering with you guys. Thank you for allowing us to do all the cool things that we do, not only in the community, but all over and all over the country and all over the world even. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of that. We love partnering with you. Let's sing the doxology. We'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great rest of the day. I think it's nice out there. Maybe you can get out there and catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. We'll get these doors open before you head out this way. Chip, maybe would you uh, go around over there and open those doors for me? Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. God bless you guys. Have a great day. God bless you as well. Have a great uh, new year and uh, have a great rest of this day. I think this is going to be a fun series, so look forward to doing it with you. And we're going to look at that one question again with a little different spin on it next week. But read those first four chapters of John. God bless you guys.